you're the king unlike any other. A king who has given his life for his subjects. You've laid down your life for us. So, Lord, that we may voluntarily submit to your rule. Knowing, Lord, that in that there is life and health to be found. There is that place of joy and restored relationships and peace and unity and health and strength and laughter and freedom that are to be found in your presence alone. Father, thank you that you have planted heaven on earth in Jesus. And that it's growing and growing and nothing can stop it. No superpower, no pandemic, no natural disaster, nothing can stop the kingdom of heaven growing on earth. And we look forward to that day when Jesus returns and there'll be no more tears and no more sickness and no more death and no more discouragement and no more conflict and no more disunity. It'll all be a thing of the past. And so, Lord, we say hallelujah today because Christ died and Christ is risen And that means, Lord, that everything is going to be made new. Just as the body of Christ was made new, it was bloodied, it was, had holes in it, it was broken, it was dead, but now it's alive. And you have reconnected us to the Father. And nothing can stop your purposes. You will complete the work all things will be made new. And today, Lord, we just want to declare that we are part of that newness. And Lord, we offer ourselves to you to be used by you in your service in being agents of bringing the newness, the fragrance of heaven to earth. That there would be forgiveness and there would be care, and there would be love, and there would be humility, and there would be generosity, and there would be peace, and there would be self-sacrifice, and there would be hope. And Lord, we are so thankful that we're part of this great movement, this great unstoppable movement of Jesus Christ who is still at his work in and through us on earth. And in his name we pray, amen. Please have a seat. So if we're going to come on the screen and uh, see if you recognize one of these. We could have it up there, there you go. Uh, Dodgems, also known as bumper cars. Uh, so I think, you, I think you drive a bumper car, but you ride a Dodgem. Don't know why that is, but they're exactly the same thing. And a hands up, whoever has taken the risky business of going on a dodger. Okay, so most of us how to go. You obviously have to have a good, strong neck and back. Hopefully, it'll stay that way after you've come off the bumper car as well. And it's better if you've got two in the car because you've got more weight for impact. And it's good to brace yourself. And uh, 
One of the exciting things about bumper cars is the fact of how they're powered. That they're powered by electricity from above. That's part of the excitement because not only are there squeals of excitement and delight, not only are there sparks above your head, not only is it a smell of rubber, um, but also as well, there's this amazing power that's coming down from above. Because in, in the bumper car, you've got this three or four meter pole that goes up behind your head, and it's down that the electricity flows. It all sounds wonderfully dangerous, but it's only about 12 volts, apparently. And uh, that's why the spark up above, because it's this metal grid that you don't really notice, three or four meters above the ground, and the power is coming down the pole behind your head. And that's one of the excitements. The other excitement is the fact that you've got this steering wheel that can just keep turning completely in either direction. It never stops. And so you can either go forward or you can spin around to the side. And the other thing, of course, the excitement is there's only one pedal. There's no clutch. There's no brake. There's only a go forward pedal. And uh, the wonder, of course, it is that you're looking for encounters. I know sometimes I do this sort of crazy thing where you, you try and drive around the circuit without hitting anybody, but you never get very far without some sort of impact. And the reality is that really what you're doing is you're trying to get your mate in there with you, sit down, brace for impact, and you go out and try and make the biggest impact possible when you're out on the circuit. Great photograph coming up next. Well, it really struck me when I saw it online. No, in fact, we've got a video next. Just in case you've never had the joy of being in a bumper car, here's a little bit of what it looks like. This could be a trip down memory lane for some of us, or I know for some of us who've never been in a bumper car. That's what it looks like. There's a great photograph coming up next as well, which I saw online. I thought it was a really good one. Uh, one after that, there we go. There's a guy out in his bumper car, and I just thought, well, it's one of those things that just sort of catches your eye, but also the fact that let's hope he's not looking for too many impacts when he's out and about. But I think the Christian life is a bit like that guy driving the bumper car because we are empowered from power from above. And we're, we're going out, putting the go forward pedal down, and we are, we're looking for impact. We're looking for encounters. And we're driving in full view of everybody. We're, we're in full view of everyone. And yet we know that we are powered from a source that no one can see. We are powered from on high. There is divine electricity, the Holy Spirit, that's coming to us. And you know, that's what faith is all about. We know that lack of faith, lack of belief is basically taking the pole and, and taking it away from the place of power above. And that, as we heard in Mark's story, is, is what our human tendency is is to think there must be another power source other than the metal grid above our heads. And so we take down the pole and we look for some other way to live an empowered life. And we find out, as Jesus says, that without me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. There's only one place that the power to make an impact for good comes from, and that's from Jesus Christ. And so in our reading today, what Mark tells us is that 
And the reading uh, sort of finishes with the truth that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, that's not because God has a preference in his right and his left. What, what the right hand of God means is that throughout the Bible, the right hand is the place where power is exerted. So in the Bible, we hear about Benjamin, which means son of the right hand. We, we read Isaiah's writings and in the Psalms. And again and again, we hear about God and the people praying, God, stretch out your powerful right hand to do what we need done in this situation. It's saying, God, stretch out your power, exert your power. So Christ sitting at the right hand of God is biblical speak for God is exerting his power now through Jesus Christ. So in think, thinking in terms of what we're thinking about in Good Friday, it's like Christ has taken the two disconnected cables of heaven and earth and he has connected them again in his life and in his death on the cross for us. But it sounds pretty dangerous and it was, it cost Jesus Christ his life. Taking these two cables, heaven and earth, and put them together cost Jesus' life. He died in the process of doing it, at making heaven and earth one in himself and becoming, as it were, the place of conduction. And so on the cross, he was able to say, it is finished. He had reconnected heaven and earth in himself. But let's not think for a moment, and this is often where we think the story is finished of what Jesus is doing because Christ is seated at the right hand of God so that he can exert God's power on earth with everyone who is willing to to have the connection point, the the rod going up and the metal shoe touching the, the metal grid above. Those, as it says in this reading, who are willing to be baptized into Christ, immersed into Christ, and live Christ's life on earth. We become, as Christians, agents for Christ through baptism. Baptism is about the the connections being cleaned, the dirt and the filth being cleaned off. It's about the connection being remade where we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And it's about the power flowing that we may live the life that we know without Christ we are incapable of leading. We know we don't have the power to forgive. We know that without Christ we will just live bitter lives. We know that we ourselves do not have the the power to get up every day and say, I'm going to love people today even if they don't love me. Even if they hate me, I'm going to love them. You and I know We do not have it within us to live that type of life. There is only one way to live that type of life, and that's to be connected to Christ in baptism, that we are in him and he is in us. And so the disciples went out, some verses that Jesus says to his disciples, and that includes us. If we could have those on the screen, please. It's Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 18. If we could have those on the screen, that would be brilliant. Thanks a lot. I'll read them out here. Hopefully they come up on the screen so you can read them. 
So Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. When they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will place their hands on people who are ill and they will get well. It all sounds very supernatural, and it is. And let's not think for a moment the Christian life is not supernatural. It is entirely supernatural from beginning to end. If it were not, we would not need Christ. And so we read about Mary who comes to the tomb, out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. That sounds pretty supernatural to me. The two Marys and Salome come to the open tomb. The stone is gone supernaturally. They come in, there's a man in white, he's an angel. It's supernatural. He says, Christ was dead, now he's alive. Sounds pretty supernatural to me. Never try to live the Christian life without supernatural power. You will not succeed. You cannot succeed. If God is anything, he is spirit, he is truth, he is the supernatural one. He cannot be contained within that which he has made. He is not natural, he is supernatural. He is the one who made nature, but he is beyond nature himself. And yet in Christ, he is always intended to work in nature, in creation and to primarily do it through those who are made in the image of God, those who are, we're all embodied spirits. We were always designed to live with the divine electricity of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and to live in the here and now. To live as those who have that connection continually. And that's the way Jesus lived. And Christ is remaking us in his image. He is making us as those who have the pole fully up and are fully connected. And we have the opportunity not only to have our sins taken from us, but to have the righteousness of Christ imparted to us. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's all about connecting with heaven in the Jesus Christ who is at the right hand of God and who is empowering us to be like him, to live with him, to live for him, to live to his glory, to be all that we were always intended to be. Susan's mom and dad, Jim and Ethna, were walking through a park in Belfast recently. And uh, Jim was uh, had a sore leg and was walking with a stick and a man was coming the other way and he just said hello and got talking and kept, kept social distance and just said, I notice you've got a sore leg. Can I pray for you? Jim was delighted that someone would care enough to stop and offer prayer. And so he was prayed for. And we trust for the answering of that prayer. But it's already being answered because it was so, so encouraging to Jim that God would send a man that he'd never met before in a park 
who would express love in God and would express faith to say, can I pray for you? Can I pray for healing for you? And then with no strings attached, just to walk away and leave the answer to God. Imagine if every one of us, everywhere, every day, were to live like that man in the park in Belfast. I have experienced God's healing so many times in my life. Emotional, mental, physical, spiritual. I've experienced God's healing so many times. I've experienced it instantaneously. I've had moments where I have been in excruciating pain for weeks. I've gone forward for prayer. A man has prayed for me and boom, the pain disappeared within seconds. I've had many times where I've prayed for healing and it's taken months, sometimes years, sometimes it's medical intervention and I give thanks for good medical intervention. I've had times where I've asked for prayer for healing. I've gone forward and asked someone to pray for me for healing and God has chosen to do something entirely different. He has spoken to me in ways that I didn't realize I needed healing in and it was more than the physical healing that I required or was asking for and God decided to do something entirely different in that moment. And I have to admit too, there are times in my life when I should have asked for healing, but I never bothered to ask. Instead, I just packled on and I just hoped it would go away. And I never had the faith or the guts to say, Lord, heal me or to ask someone to pray for me for healing. I have prayed for healing, as I'm sure you have for people, and that you've you've not seen them healed in the way you want them healed. I have prayed for healing for people and they have died. But I believe this with all my heart. The more we pray for healing, the more healing we will see. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Are you praying for healing for those who are sick? Are you praying for salvation for those who are lost? This is what it means to be connected, to be those who are naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. That's what we're designed to be. In the Garden of Eden, that's the way we were. That's the way Adam and Eve were. They walked with the Lord. They were connected to God. They were naturally supernatural and supernaturally natural. Christ came to bring that back to restore Eden, to restore heaven on earth. Imagine if every one of us went out, everyone, everywhere, every day, as it says in this last verse of Mark's gospel, I think it's the last, very last slide here, where where God and Jesus Christ says, the disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. We believe, we tell people we believe, and the way they know it's true is by seeing evidence of it with their eyes. That's the way it's always worked. That's the way it's meant to work. It's about proclamation. It's about demonstration. 
That's how people come to believe. That's the way discipleship has been from the beginning. I'm really looking forward to our We Are With You continuing from May to October when we're going to go out and knock on the door, ring the bell of 4,200 homes in the middle of Bangor. This will be the third time we've gone out and this is the first time we're going to ring the bell. And I'd love you all to be part of it. And we're going to go out safely and we're going to go out to show the care and the love of Jesus Christ in Bangor in the center. And we're going to go out with little gifts, something that's a blessing, something sweet. And we're going to, if they're not in, pop it through the letterbox. We're going to put it on their doorstep. We're going to ring the bell. We're going to step back. We're going to go in twos because we know with the bumper car analogy, there is more weight for impact when you have two that go out together. You may want to go out with someone who likes to do all the talking, if you don't like to do all the talking, and just go out and be a person who quietly prays God's blessing on this household. And that's primarily what we're going to do. We're going to embody and we're going to speak blessing, not in some sort of uh, funny sounding way. We're going to go out and be naturally supernatural. So we're going to go and say, here's a gift for you within the local church. We just want to give you this gift. We're not going out with any strings attached. We're not going out with any hard sell. We're not even going out to try and drag them to church. We're just going out to bless them. And we're going to ask them how they're doing. We're not looking for anything from them. And they may in the conversation tell us how they are. And we'd love to ask, how can we, the local church, make the biggest impact for good in the local community? What needs to be done? What do you see crying out that needs to be done? And we're going to listen to what they have to say. In those moments, they may say to us, well, why are you doing this? And just say whatever it is God gives you to say. You might say, because God loves you. You might say, because God cares for Bangor. You might say, because, well, we... We believe that God's calling us to go out and declare that all things are going to be all right. Whatever it is that God gives you to say, then say it. I imagine that some of the conversations will last just a second or two. Some will last longer. But we're going to go out and show the fact that people are not forgotten, that God loves them, and he has a gift for them, much greater than the one that we'll give them. And we're not asking for anything from them. We're not even then giving them details of our church services. If they really want to come to a church, they'll find one to go to. We're going out like that man in the bumper car. No one can see where the power comes from. But we in faith know that we have been empowered and are being empowered through Jesus Christ. On the cross, he said, it is finished. And by that, he meant the work of connection is finished. The work of forgiveness is finished. The work of atonement of two becoming one is finished. But do not think for a minute the work of Jesus Christ is over. The Acts of the Apostles tells us that the acts of the apostles is really the acts of Jesus Christ. The work of Jesus Christ is happening more now than, than ever before. You will do even greater things than this, he said. 
because I am going to the Father. And what will I be doing with the Father? I'll be sitting at the right hand and I will be exerting all the power of heaven in and through everyone who is baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you and I want to challenge us as well. Have you ever been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ? The Bible is clear. Those who are not baptized are condemned. Those who are baptized are saved. That's what this passage says. Be baptized. Let the world see whose side you're on. Let the world see what you believe. If you've been baptized as a child, maybe you want to confirm that publicly through confirmation. And we're looking forward in October to having that opportunity with the bishop coming here for that service in October. We're looking forward to baptisms happening over the weeks ahead and beginning later on, hopefully this month. All of us can exert faith and trust by knowing that we've been connected to the Father through Jesus Christ by putting down the go-forward pedal. And that is a moment of trust and faith. As John Stott says, the only, the only purpose of faith is to receive what heaven has to give. The only value that faith has, the only value in putting down the go-forward pedal is to trust that somehow something supernatural is going to happen. That's the only value of faith. The only value of faith is to receive power, is to receive life. Only when Christ returns will every sickness be gone, will every tear be wiped away, will every weakness be made strong, only then will death among human beings be a thing of the past. That's what we go out to proclaim, not only with our lips, but also with our lives, and to pray for healing. And praying for healing is just a very simple thing, just like pressing a pedal in a car. We can pray, God, I pray that you would heal this leg in the strong name of Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. Whether we pray it silently, whether we pray it out loud, we know we won't be touching the person unless we're bubbling with them. We've come today here and online because we believe that Jesus Christ is alive. Let's declare that, not just with what we say, but also with what we do. Because there's a world out there that feels fragmented and isolated and forgotten and broken at the end of its tether. And let's go out not to look for anything from anybody. Let's go out to show that Jesus Christ is in charge. He is a king unlike any other. And that's quite full of confidence knowing that we are loved. You are loved. Christ died to show the extent of his love for you. 
Let's be those who go out and show that not only does he love us, he loves everybody else as well. Let's pray. Father, we offer ourselves afresh to you today. And Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for healing. Perhaps as we pray in this moment, if there's someone known to you who's in need of healing, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, just bring them in your mind's eye and offer them to the Lord. Perhaps if you need healing today, maybe you want to put a hand on that place in your own body where you need healing. Father, we pray for the healing balm of Jesus to be poured out. We thank you, Jesus, that you died and rose in order for us to be able to pray prayers like this, in order that we may pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, you're the great physician. Pour out your healing. Make all things well, all things new. Give encouragement, give strength, give hope. Change the atmosphere over people's lives. Change the atmosphere over this town. Change the atmosphere over us as the people of God. Give us a fresh trust and faith and understanding in who you are, all you have done, and all who we have become. And Lord, empower us by your Holy Spirit to live lives full of joy and peace. Lord, where there's a heaviness on us, lift that heaviness in the name of Jesus Christ. We look to you, the God of all. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and sweep through our lives, sweep through this town with a fresh dynamism, a fresh power, a fresh equipping by your Holy Spirit. And may our lives show that the Word of God is true. May our lives demonstrate that miracles happen. May our lives show that goodness is a thing of the present and not a thing of the past or just the future. And all this we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.